Welcome back. I'm Jonathan Reynolds, your host of the Titus Talent Talks podcast. I'm sitting here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Titus's headquarters and a training center for us. Um, but I'm sitting here, this mini series with our own top leaders from our senior leadership team at Titus. These are people of character, people who are value driven, people who help me, inspire me, uh, challenge me correct me uh, and keep me in line. And I so appreciate this group of stellar people. At Titus, we exist to equip companies to make the best attraction, hiring, engagement, and development decisions. And we're sitting here with some of our top senior leaders at Titus who will do just that for you. Well, I am sitting here with my friend, Raina Fryer, who is the head of people and learning at Titus. I don't know why I'm telling you that. You already know it. <laughs> I do, do you know, know that I, you are the head of people I and learning? I do know that I'm the head of people and learning. Most of the times people just say HR, but I think you know how I feel about saying that because I think HR nowadays especially is so much more than transactional HR of the past. And we're <laughs> yeah. here about learning, totally. development. All the things. And you're really good at it, too. Oh, thank you. Um, honestly, I think one of the things I'm just so thankful for in our journey is the investment in the development of our people. And I am a self-proclaimed really bad manager. Um, I'm just not really good at the consistency and follow through on all those little details. Mm -hmm. And um, I like the big picture. And you create an amazing roadmap for developing our people so everyone knows on our team where they're journeying, what's next, how we're going to get there, even part of our three-year journey of where mm -hmm. we want to be. How do you get everybody to see that for themselves? Talk about that. Oh, my goodness. I had to take a deep breath before I respond to that because I think that's actually been one of the top five things that are on my list of top five responsibilities. And I think that developing the roadmap is difficult because we're trying to think sometimes six months out yeah. and then a year out and now we're talking three years out and we want to make sure that we're creating a journey and a roadmap that is so incredible and so inspiring for our people but sometimes I don't even think we know what that is yet so right. we're trying to develop that but we still also have to be really adaptable and really flexible because yeah. things are changing just because the market changes and people change and our business model might change so it's totally it's a lot of work it is how do you what are some of the biggest frictions you get in that area like with is it is it individuals coming and going what's my path i don't like my path i mean like what you know is it senior leaders who are around you on your leadership team going what's next i mean you certainly get to a point where you're like what is next i can't see where i can go anymore yeah i think sometimes it's harder i think it's the hardest for individual contributors who are still really trying to find their way or find out who they really are because not right. all of us know who we want to be when we grow up i always say i'm still trying to figure that out a little bit <laughs> what path do i really want to go down so i think it's really helping people understand that because we are a company who's very entrepreneurial that the job that you want tomorrow might not exist today and it's okay for you to start putting out feelers and doing activities that are things that show that you can do that job yeah. in the future and there might be a place for it in the future of Titus as well so I think that's the hard part is fitting in all of the skill sets of the people we have and making sure they feel inspired yeah I love that one of the things um, I think you've done particularly well is kind of balance that thing of, um, we say at Titus, people come first, or we're a people yeah. first organization. Mm -hmm. The lens in which we look through is what's best for our people, then what's best for our partners, which we, we call our customers, mm -hmm. and then what's best for profits. But they're all tied together. Um, you can't have one without the other. Mm -hmm. Like if any of them fail, like they're all gonna fail. Um, but how do you kind of do this sort of people first lens uh, when it comes to like career growth and development? Like, well, I want to do this now. I don't, you know, mm -hmm. how do you, I mean, you, you uh, sort of balance that pretty well. 
I think with the people first mentality, uh, a lot of it is balancing where the person wants to go to by saying sometimes we can't give you that growth and development, but helping them find what they can out there on the web, going yeah. to their own training, finding a coach who might be outside of the business. Like I think the hardest part is um, people really looking outside of our walls for growth and development, not just yeah. inside, and then feeling okay to do that, like giving people freedom to go grow and create depth and breadth of knowledge, not yeah. just because of the things we're giving them. I do think we do a good job of offering training and education, yeah. but there's only so much we can offer. Like what, give an example of outside kind of the four walls or what, what were you saying? Yeah, there? I mean, like, I'm, I've been internally coaching the majority of our senior leaders since I started with Titus. And I myself had an external coach and I felt like my external coach, somebody that I just found through networking event yeah. was where I saw the most growth in my career. Really having somebody who didn't know the internal workings of the business, didn't yep. necessarily have any play in the politics, and I know that can sound like a dirty word, but politics exists in every yeah, organization. Totally, yeah. It's interpersonal savvy, org savvy, whatever you want to call it. But really having that person outside of the business who's mm. only worried about where I want to get better, where I want to grow. Right. Okay, so you have a coach still? I do. Okay. Mm -hmm. And do you, uh, Titus, do, do you encourage people to go outside the organization to find things that are going to yeah. invest in them and what I mean, would be an example if, of that if, like? if they need to so i'm hoping yeah. we offer enough internally right sure. a great manager great coach internally a lot of education or training opportunities but if people need to go outside the organization like we use franklin covey for yeah. a lot of our learning so even though it's internal yeah. that might be another opportunity for somebody to go attend a training that maybe we don't have internally yes. but there are a million free trainings out there right now totally go to the yeah. web go to the World Wide web the www yeah, yeah. go there <laughs> That's cool. So, um, as far as career path goes, because I'm, I'm thinking um, a lot of our team, which I mean, I dearly just really, really appreciate them mm -hmm. that they've chosen to invest their skills and talents and and treasures right here in what we're building, um, because they're entrepreneurial and they're quite hard charging and fast paced, yeah. and they want to know what's next all the time. What am I working towards? Mm -hmm. um, what happens if it's there, like, what happens if somebody's like, I'm like, I feel like um, you're not letting stuck, me run. Little stuck, yeah. yeah. Because, like, we, I don't want to lose people. I mean, it, everything feels personal to me. I think probably a lot of <laughs> yeah, right. entrepreneurs who are building stuff, it yeah. feels just deeply personal. Mm -hmm. And and I don't want people to leave if I have an opportunity to grow them and develop them. But what would be, yeah. like, how, how do you help coach somebody around that kind of? Yeah, you and I have talked a lot about this. I think we have in our mind this age-old corporate ladder yeah. People want to climb up this ladder. And we've talked more about this idea of scaffolding, yep. that there's a lot of different ways that you can grow without taking a new title. Mm. For some people, title is really important, but I would hope that more important to an individual are skill development yeah. so that they can basically move into any seat they would want in the future. Knowing that we don't have it today, maybe we don't have it tomorrow, they're, we're just really trying to get people to understand that you can create depth and breath without yeah. getting a title promotion, title promotion, but yeah. they're still growing and developing. So sometimes it's just saying, be patient. We yeah. don't always have a seat right now. It yeah. doesn't mean we won't have one in the future. 
And so if somebody says, "Hey, I want this seat that doesn't even exist yet." <laughs> I mean, like it's these. Are, I mean, I, I know that these are real things. Yes. We have people in our company who are like, "I want to be doing this," and we're like, "We don't do that. We don't do that it, yeah. yet." You know, yet. I think we could. Like, I'll, I'll give an example. Mm. We do a lot of internal events at Titus, mm -hmm. um, internal events for our team, and then we also do external ones. We have talent retreats coming. Yes. We got these like. Um, ex uh, Titus experiences where mm -hmm. we do uh, like virtual events and then we do in-person events. We do international travel events. Yes. There is obviously being in the role I sit in, I'm like constantly dreaming <laughs> about what the next few years are going to look like. Yes. And someone's like, I would love the full-time job of an event planner. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we don't have that. Yeah. Like, how do you temper this? Um, mm -hmm. Anyway, I, I mean, it's... I think probably a lot of people who listen to this, they're dealing with hard-charging people around yeah. on their teams who want so much more, and they're like, I can't pay you a salary to do that You yet. also want the hard-charging people, so you don't want to take that charge out of the individual right. because they're doing such great work in the seat that they might be in today. They're mastering yeah. the seat. They're, they're the people, the results-driven people yeah. we want to perform in our organization for us. See, it's, I, I think that's... That balance of the different seasons we're in, sometimes the seasons are like an abundance and people are like, oh, I feel really free. And then mm -hmm. there are other times where it's like nail biting. Like I'm thinking of just through the pandemic, yeah. everyone was like, just be thankful you have a job. I mean, for ye for years, mm -hmm. we've not been able to say that to employees because they have they're in the driver's seat. Correct. <laughs> and then are. suddenly it was like, <laughs> let's just all be thankful we have a job, you know. But now... We're in this this season again. I mean, the beginning of I remember the beginning of this year, twenty three. Um, it was things were slowing down yep. for a lot of companies. There were a lot of tech layoffs and things like that. And people Still were are. hanging on it's for their life. It's anxiety yeah. producing to see that out there. And then, like, what's the future going to be? You know, what's the future going to hold? How do you deal with this whole thing? We hear so much around burnout. Talk about oh, that. Yes, burnout. So I think right now is interesting. About six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, I was at um, Reagan's uh, Culture and Communication Conference in Chicago. And it's something we spoke about. And Reagan said that it was 2023, word of the year, burnout. And I made a joke, not to be insensitive, but said, is that really only the word of 2023? Because I think burnout has always, always existed. Yeah. It's something that um, in my role that I'm always thinking about. And it's really, burnout to me is really the product of a couple of different things. It's not just about work. It's usually the combination of work and life and mm. what those pressures are doing to an individual that can cause them to just feel overwhelmed. I mean, yeah. burnout is basically this state of pervasive, overwhelming anxiety and fatigue. Yeah. And so one thing we really want to do as an organization, something we can control is ensuring that we don't put too much on the plate of our individuals. Yes, we want them to be hard charging. Yes, we yeah. want them to be entrepreneurial. But there comes a point in time where our expectation is too great. And because people are anxious, especially now in this economy that we're in, they're pushing themselves harder than ever before because they uh -huh. do want to have a place in case something were to go sideways, in, in case the word layoff is out there. So people are working harder than ever to, yeah. to create their brand and, and to make sure that I think companies know that they want to be there. Uh, and there's, I just think there's so many different factors that go into burnout, mm -hmm. which... Like I think probably as business owners and business leaders, you can feel this like, well, it's not my fault. Like we can get defensive when yeah. somebody's burned out. Like I didn't, I didn't overwork you. And I think there are probably chances where the times where we, yeah, we yeah, actually sure, did. Sure. We were, we were keep going, keep yeah. pushing, keep pushing. But then there's so many factors outside of where from 
just life. I mean, like yeah. bills, medical, um, medical challenges, mm -hmm. medical challenges with family members. You got kids, yes. you got this, you got aging parents going on. You got election year coming up next year. I mean, mm -hmm. that's stressful for a lot it of is. people. I'm like, I yeah. hate it because I'm like, oh, it just it emphasizes division. But that's also really exhausting because it's conflict as well, it is. isn't it? So yeah. suddenly you add conflict into your life. That's a recipe for major burnout. Well, we say the whole, we are looking at the whole person and the whole person comes to work. Yeah. The thing is, as an employer, we also are running a business. So you run this fine line of saying, like, I understand all of these things are coming with you. And we see these like temporary lapses of results or right. lower performance. That's one thing. But if that becomes pervasive, then the business is in a situation where, you know, we know our people personally and we're trying to balance this personal thing is going on, but this business thing needs to get done. And if that individual can't do it, somebody else does. So then work gets pushed to other people. And then that becomes a cycle within an organization. And now other people are becoming yeah. burnt out. So we're always in this, in this, I don't know, I don't even call it life work, life balance anymore. It's yeah. like this flex, this flex of yeah. things that we need to do. And we need to help people find that flex. So maybe they have a really long work week because a project is due. Then we want to afford some relaxing or maybe a little less yeah. of, a, of, of a work, I don't know, schedule the week yeah, after because right. they need to flex back a little bit. And that's, I think, where we try to be really cognizant with our, our employees yeah. is understanding that sometimes they need to take that step away and they need to flex back on hours a little bit because they just had a really hard week back here. Right. One of the, one of the things is just a kind of a personal uh, I don't know, journey for me is I can feel like this deep kind of, oh, you've been like crushing it. You're working really hard here. We've all been just going really fast and hard mm -hmm. on this one. And like, uh, hey, let's just invest in your personal world outside, you know. And you, suddenly you kind of like, hey, I want to care for your kind of yeah. TLC. Go and take care of here's a whatever, you know, like here's a gift card to go and take some time off and go and whatever it is you're doing. And then suddenly people are like, oh, that's you. You're going into my personal life. I, I don't want you to keep this separate. I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> well, I realized that your personal life was sacrificing yes. because of the work life. So I'm yeah. trying to balance and bridge to support that part. Mm -hmm. Like there is, um, this is, is quite a tricky landscape of landmines. I don't just, I don't just don't think you're ever going to get it right a hundred percent. That's yeah. the thing. Like, I think we have to give ourselves a little bit of grace to understand that we we're going to try as an employer. We want our employees to try, but we can't make everybody happy. And that's the hard part you yeah. want to, Yeah. but we can't make everybody happy. So yeah. what might work for one person and they might be really invested in us understanding their personal life and their personal struggles. That's not going to be for the other person over here. Yeah. So we have to ask those questions. I mean, I'd want to know in my one-on-ones if somebody would prefer to talk about personal things. If that's important to them, I want to know about their life yeah. at home. So as, as a leader and you do a lot of coaching, do you, how do you like break, sort of broach that topic? Do you like, hey, would you like to tell me about your personal <laughs> life over the well, weekend? Well, when I, I coach, like I have very specific thing that I always say. When you're coaching a person, their life floods into professional life. So their yeah. personal world is going to mix with the professional things that are going on. And so typically, um, I'm going to manage up information that's happening in a coaching session. Yeah. So I will never share personal information up. I'm going to share the professional information up. I want people to have that freedom if that's important to them. Yeah. And work is impacting personal life for them to bring it into the, the conversation. Yeah. So I encourage it. I just don't think you can have one without the other. If I don't really know the person I'm coaching, how can I also then coach them professionally? I need to know a little yeah. bit of the story. I don't need to know all of it, but when I need to know some of it. Uh, sharing up, do you mean like taking their personal story and telling somebody else? 
Yes. Uh, so okay. in, in a coaching session, I might share professional information that their manager might need to know, okay. but I'm not taking personal information and that feeding that forward because that's for them to do. Oh, okay. So that I part of you. the equation. And personal. do you practice vulnerability, personal vulnerability yourself, or is that, I mean, you're kind of a private person? Uh, um, it depends. I think if the person wants to get personal and they feel like that's going to build a relationship, I'm comfortable sharing yeah. aspects of my personal life. But I think in a coaching session, it's less therapy, it's less mentoring, where you yeah. might say, well, I've done that before. It's more being curious. So I don't find a lot of space in a coaching session to talk about my personal stuff, right, because okay. it's really about what that person is seeking, what, yeah. where they're trying to grow. So what we don't spend need. a lot yeah. of time on me. I have my own therapist for that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, okay, so backing up a little bit, because mm -hmm. you've been with Titus for... Almost three years. Three years. Mm -hmm. I was going to say three, so I'm yeah. glad I'm kind of accurate. Um, and it's awkward when I say, oh, you've been here two years now. <laughs> no, five. Um, Feels like ten. It's good. Um, mm -hmm. So how, coming into an organization like this, I mean, I... Well, I won't put words in your mouth, but how would you have described it? And has it led to your, has it met your expectations? Yeah, it has, um, it so. has met my expectations. I mean, I've come from a lot of different kinds of professional settings. So I've yeah. worked with professionals in training and development. I've worked in manufacturing with more line staff. I've yeah. worked in um, a law firm and collections and every environment is very different and there's very different expectations. What I hoped to find when I came to Titus is the balance of the people and the profession yeah. that we're really celebrating both sides of the equation. Yeah. And I think it's exceeded my expectations. Well, that's good. I mean, you're the one who's leading the charge on it. So. Well, thank goodness. I must be doing something right. <laughs> you're doing a good job. <laughs> you're doing a really good job. Um, when you look forward mm -hmm. um, to... And I don't want to I don't want to be like focus on specifically Titus, but when yeah. you look forward at the next few years, what are some things that you're thinking? I'm really excited of the investment that we're yeah. going to make that would be useful for other people to hear as well. Mm -hmm. I am really excited about the investment we're currently making in the education space for our people. Yeah. But beyond that, as our teams are growing, um, we call them regions or a business unit, yeah. that there are people in those teams that want more opportunities to train and develop others. And we're talking more about how to embed things that typically fall in a corporate structure, yeah. going more into the team so they can run a little bit more independently. So yeah. still housed and and resources given by corporate structure, but really allowing the teams to feel like they're running their own, truly running their own business operation. I feel like that will provide more opportunities for individuals, not feeling like, oh, if I want to do that, I have to come into learning and development or HR. They yeah. can do that. They can grow into that space. So I'm really In, excited okay. about that. Do you think that is unique to Titus or do you think there's a lot of other organizations would benefit from that like having more yeah i, mean, I, I don't know that it's hungry to be trained training mentored all that kind of stuff yeah i don't know that it's unique to titus necessarily the the idea of having um, more regions or business units run like their own company usually you'll see an hr business partner helping oh, yeah. run a stream of the business but that do doesn't always include learning and development so i right. do feel like we can get i don't know more specialized or more unique in that as we grow it as yeah. long as we see the interest there from our people yeah i would imagine that's going to be uh, more. I mean, we, we've seen that a lot of our senior leaders over the last few years um, say, "Hey, I want I want to grow more yeah. in uh, managing a PNL." 
Um, and mm -hmm. they, they're hungering for that. Yeah. One of the reasons I think is we're in the space of majority of what we do is recruitment and headhunting. And often it's kind of like, we need someone with P&L management. And so people go, oh, I <laughs> I've don't have that. I've never done that before, exactly. I should have that because that came up in this yeah. thing. So managing, man, managing a P&L is obviously something as a career mm -hmm. development for people. Um, are, there, are there other things that you're seeing people have been asking for them that would be characteristic of a generation that's coming through the workforce? I mean, I think because of the the world that we are in, in Titus, so the yeah. recruiting space, the hunting space, we have a, a lot of very persuasive people. And again, the hard driving, very performance driven yeah. um, individuals. And we know that there is an element of business development in everything we do. So I would say what our people uh. are asking for is more support around things like influence or persuasion mm -hmm. or negotiating skills, which is really all by products of interpersonal savvy. So how do we help people feel more comfortable mm. making the ask yeah. in a sense? I like that. I think that's going to be the one of them. And, you know, I've been sort of hot on this whole topic of how AI is transforming mm -hmm. everything um, or it will anyway. Anything that can be automated will be automated. Yeah. And we need to be absolute masters of the people equation yeah. um, of not negotiation specifically, but just relational building. Yep. Like how do you, you know, when you walk into a room, how do you actually stand out as being the, mm -hmm. you know, the the I don't know, most experienced relationship builder in the yeah. in the space because um, technology is going to have a lot of data mm -hmm. points that, that uh, right. like that's built over your electronic footprint footprint and like we need to be far superior to that in yeah. the in the heart connection and the. Mm -hmm. Even maybe the emotions, you and know. It, well, it's hard nowadays, too, because you miss so much in communication. Like, we get to be here together today, yeah. right? So we get to look at each other's body language, and yeah. we're kind of in the moment. There's so much we're missing nowadays when we are not in person. Yeah. So it is how to teach people relational relational things, how to build people's emotional intelligence yeah. when we're missing half the equation right now. Yes, it's really hard. I know. Now we we're a decade in, close to, yeah, decade mm -hmm. of being 100% mobile. We say mobile, not remote. Right. Um, just because remote sounds like an isolation. Right. Like we're an connected. Island. Yeah, mobily connected. Yes. Um, but how do we connect? Not just on a screen. How do we connect on this level? Yep, that's right. So people feel. I mean, talk about emotional intelligence, but also safety. Mm -hmm. Like we talk about psychological safety. Yes. But even yeah, psychological, emotional safety. Like, um, do I feel that you are? caring about mm -hmm. my journey my needs yeah. above your own mm -hmm. um and i think that is a that is a tough thing to do in an environment where you're remote well we're in an employee size even if we were in person people typically say between 150 and 200 people you start to lose connection because yeah. the layers get too deep or the company gets too big and we're right on that brink so yeah. not only are we not in person we're at a company size where it becomes harder and harder yeah. for people to feel connected i mean you and i've been talking about this recently having more opportunities for people to get to know you or other members right. of the executive or senior leadership team through a coffee connection yeah. just because you don't want you want a name connected to the face and that gets yeah. harder as the company gets bigger uh, that, is, that is now here for people listening in people listening in this is not just for remote like you've got to be super intentional about anything i'm yes. not remote at home mm -hmm. my wife is in person present and if I don't take the time to invest in a date night or invest mm -hmm. in coffee conversations or invest yes. in wine conversations or invest in eating conversations, not entertainment, not mm -hmm. a screen in front of us, not disconnecting from the world, but actually being intentional. Yeah. If we don't invest in it, it's going to cause a separation. For sure. 
like the heart won't be connected and easily we can be distracted by other things mm -hmm. and feeling like I've lost the connection. I mean, I think a lot of people were very excited after the pandemic to have the opportunity to work from home. And now people are saying, I do love working from home, but how else can I then get reconnected? Because yeah. this human connection yeah. is just not the same through the Zoom environment. So people are looking right. for it. People are seeking it. And we do need to be intentional about it. I, I have a lot of business owners who say, oh, wow, you must save so much money that you don't have everybody in, a, in an office. <laughs> And I'm like, no, mm -mm. no, we're investing in a heck of a lot of connection sure. points. Yes. It doesn't save us any money. We're getting people on planes and flying mm -hmm. to be together, bringing the entire company together Might once a year. It be more expensive in the long run it if you really is. think about it, yeah. Well, I think it's probably, it probably is more, we invest more because we, we're a people organization. Right. And so we gotta, we gotta be on the, the, the cutting edge or the front line of doing this thing really well. Yeah. And so um, I think having, having you in the role as sort of head of people and learning and development is so critical that we make that investment. Mm -hmm. So um, I know that, you know, you sit around 100, of employee, 100 employees, like you've got to now put somebody in a role that that's yeah. their primary role of developing people and seeing them grow and being engaged. Well, and, I'm glad I get to be that person because I love yeah. it. Well, um, if somebody wanted to get you on the phone and ask you questions, are they able to do that or you don't yeah. you do that? Yeah, get me on the phone. Should I just get my phone number out here no. on the spot? Okay, just making sure we're find not going that Find you on LinkedIn, way. find you. Yeah, where? find me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm always happy to have a conversation. I mean, our goal is to really help businesses out there find the success that we have and some of the things yeah. that I think we do really well. So yeah. I'm always here for you, but I'm on LinkedIn. I know, you're on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. And then also yeah. on our website, there's a whole thing which uh, your team are developing a learning a learning thing. Yeah, we have talk, a learning library. learning library. So we have a learning library and we have a, a lot of our partners now um, really interested in having customized content for their needs. So although we have some off the shelf training, I think it's really nice to invest in customization to make sure that people are getting what they need for their organization. But we have a catalog now and that's a new stream of our business. So really Roughly excited about that. How many classes, workshops, trainings do you have? Probably have about eight. Okay. All right. Cool. Eight workshops that we're really invested in right now. And the most popular is feedback as a gift. We also have lead by coaching, authentic leadership. So a lot of what we're trying to do is help mid-level managers who have never sat in that seat before find yep. success. Um, and so our courses are all about Brilliant. helping them grow and be better. Brilliant. Well, it certainly helped us. And I thank you for doing all you do thank and leading you. so well and being a great friend to our senior leadership team. And uh, so... Hope everyone enjoyed that. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining. Uh, share it, like it. Hit up Raina Fryer on LinkedIn.